The prevalence of dementia is rising in Canada and around the world. More than 35 million people have dementia globally, and this number is expected to triple by 2050. In Canada, the number of immigrants with dementia is also expected to rise substantially. However, many of the tools we commonly use to assess cognitive impairment are known to be difficult to use with patients who may have linguistic and cultural barriers. The Rowland Universal Dementia Assessment Scale, or the RUDAS, is a cognitive assessment tool that was created for a culturally diverse population. But how does it compare to other commonly used tools? I'm Dr. Diane Kelsall, Deputy Editor at the CMAJ. Today we're speaking with Dr. Raza Nakvi, Assistant Professor of Geriatrics at Western University. He is the lead author of a systematic review and meta-analysis just published in CMAJ. He and his colleagues reviewed the RUDAS and compared it with other available tools. Welcome, Dr. Nakvi. Hi, Dr. So when I was in med school, I was taught to use one of the most commonly used cognitive assessment tools, the Mini Mental State Examination, or the MMSE, and I've used it ever since. Now, your paper looks at another tool, the Rowland Universal Dementia Assessment Scale. Why shouldn't I just stick with using the MMSE or perhaps the Montreal Cognitive Assessment? The MMSE and the MOCA, both of which you mentioned, are both great tests. The MSC was developed a few decades ago, and it was the first very widely popular assessment tool. And so it's still by far the most commonly used tool word worldwide. So it has a lot of strength in terms of when someone gives a score on that scale, everybody more or less has an idea of what that means. It does, however, have some limitations, and this goes for the, the MOCA as well. But first with the MMSC, uh, you've done it for, for many years, and most clinicians who have done it know that there's times when they're quite confident about what the results show. They say, you know what, this is my clinical impression, and the test is, is in line with that. But there are many times when the clinician feels that the test is not an accurate reflection of the patient's abilities, and that usually comes out in two broad groups. So one are the individuals with very low education, who some of the questions, not so much on the MSC, but maybe more on the MOCA, are perhaps things that they may not have known even if they didn't have any cognitive impairment. And so sometimes clinicians question the utility of, of that sort of test. But the other big group, and the one that we focused on uh, with this review, are uh, non-English non speaking individuals. So people who are not native North Americans or, or Europeans or Australians, and we refer broadly to them as people with cultural and linguistic diversity. So those groups of patients, when you test them, you often get a sense when talking to them, talking to their family, that you know their cognition is at a certain point, but the test doesn't reflect that very clearly because there are many components of both of these tests that you've mentioned that have some cultural influence. And, you know, an example would be repeating no ifs, ands, or buts. And to someone who doesn't speak English fluently and has never heard that term before, it, it carries a very different relevance than, than perhaps you or I who have heard and used that term many times. And when we go to other specific areas of language within both tests, someone where English is not a first language would be at a disadvantage. Some people say that, you know, there's translated versions available, and that's absolutely true. Uh, the challenge is, is kind of twofold. One, we don't always have translators available. Uh, and two, the tr generally speaking, the translated versions of most of our tests are less validated than the original ones on which we kind of base most of our estimations of 
how useful that is as a screening or as an assessment test. So the Rowland scale, which uh, was developed in Australia, I believe, you mentioned is particularly good at assessing cognitive impairment in patients, as you mentioned, from diverse cultural and linguistic backgrounds. Now, some of the questions are similar to the MMSE. So what, what makes this tool different? The, the Rowland Universal Dementia Assessment to assessment Scale, which I'll call the RUDAS from now on just for ease. So the RUDAS uh, was developed uh, about 10, 11 years ago. It's similar to the MSC in if you if you go through the test and then I would encourage listeners uh, you can search the term RUDAS online and you'll find a sample of the test there and perhaps uh, even on the on the website. It's it's a relatively simple test. The questions are relatively straightforward. I would argue that it's probably even simpler or easier to do well on than the MMSC, and many people criticize the MMSC because they feel it's too simple to distinguish people with high levels of functioning. I think the key difference between the RUDAS and other commonly used tools that we've already discussed is the cultural sensitivity of some of the questions. And by that, what I specifically mean is that the questions that are asked don't depend so much on you having a certain cultural linguistic background rather they're they're broad they're they use terms for example for the recall they use grocery item terms things that people from most cultures would be familiar with they set up scenarios for some of the the points so that it's practical it's something that most people from most backgrounds would be able to relate to and in doing that, it kind of opens it up a bit more. And, and the people who developed this tool in Australia about a decade ago had a very thorough process initially. Their, their initial paper is quite lengthy, and it goes through many different things that they, they thought of using and how they narrowed it down to these six domains and, and 30 points to optimize the, the usefulness or sensitivity and specificity of the test. Now, the RUDIS instructions suggest using an interpreter if language is an issue. So how would this be different from simply doing the MMSE with an interpreter? I think that's an, an excellent point. So any one of the uh, assessment tools that we use, the studies that originally look at them all suggest using interpreters to optimize the um, characteristics of the test and to be sure that what we're testing is actually cognition and not uh, a mistranslation. So it's very important to realize that all of the studies are done that way. Uh, I want to bring up a couple points. So first, practically speaking, most clinicians outside of academic settings and most of your listeners probably don't have access to professional interpreters during most of their clinical assessments. So right away that kind of takes us a little bit away from the evidence base and what my research directly says and, and a bit into the practical space. My point on that note would be that if you look at the RUDAS, and I'd encourage again everyone just to have a look at it, it's worded in a way that many of our patients where English might not be their first language, but they have some functional language, which I think makes up a very large portion of the Canadian population. Uh, they would be able to follow the questions much better than they would any of our other current assessment tools like the MMSC or MOCA. To answer your question directly, though, the RUDAS seems to do better even with a professional interpreter because of the way the questions seem to be phrased and some of the context that they give. Uh, again, I, uh, I'll go back to the MMSC and the MOCA where they use some questions that have some... Uh, cultural significance and for example we have the MOCA translated into many different languages and it's an excellent test and, and my research is not meant by any means to to take away from these two other excellent tests but the MOCA will use recall words that 
are very relevant to people who are native English speaking or from certain cultures, but it might not be relevant to everybody who even speaks that language, but is from a slightly different culture. And it's hard to put into context, but if you imagine some countries have many different areas and many different cultures within the countries, even within a single language, words carry more context for some people than others. The Rudas tries to get around that by using simple words that are pretty universal, and that's just one of the examples in, in its testing domains. Now, in your systematic review and meta-analysis, you compared the RUDES to these other cognitive assessment tools. What did you find in your study? So our study had two main goals, and the first one was just to see, is the RUDES as good as the original study kind of made it out to be? Because the original study had outstanding sensitivity and specificity, and on that basis, it, there should be no question that it should be uh, used by everybody. So we, one, wanted to verify that looking at all the studies that have been done. And the second part was to see what tools has it been compared to and how did it fare in that comparison? Was it much better, much worse, or, or similar? In, the, in our first question, which was looking at the overall usefulness of the test compared to gold standard, we found it was relatively useful. The sensitivity was around 77% and the specificity was around 86%. And that gives you, if we care about likelihood ratios, a positive likelihood ratio of about 55 and a negative of about 0.27, making it a pretty good test to add to your tool when making a diagnosis. So in the studies that compared the RUDAS to another cognitive assessment tool, they all looked at the MMSC. And that was, again, back to the point that the MMSC is by far the most common tool used worldwide. And there are about nine studies that looked at it this way. They found two things. So one, they found that the RUDAS and the MMSC were somewhat correlated. You know, they, we use an estimate of 0.77, which is, which is a moderate correlation. It's not excellent. Excellent would be very close to one. But at the same time, when they looked at the MMSC and how it did in these same populations, they found that the MMSC did very similarly to the RUDAS in terms of its sensitivity and specificity. And I think the important point just to remember there is when we're, when we're testing the RUDAS, we do the RUDAS and then we get a diagnosis and we keep those two completely separate to see how good the RUDAS did compared to our independent diagnosis. We don't do the same with the MMSC in these studies. The MMSC is part of that final diagnosis. And so, in theory, it should do extremely well on, the, on its sensitivity and specificity because it's part of that decision-making process of whether or not this person has dementia. Notwithstanding that, the RUDAS is still quite comparable. And, and in my mind, that means that it likely would do better if they were both compared completely independently of a final diagnosis, although I don't have any studies to support that. So what does your study mean for clinicians? So for me, should I abandon using the MMSC for the RUDAS scale in my practice, or do you think that there's a role for each of them in practice? I absolutely feel there's a role for the MMSC, the MOCA, and the RUDAS in practice for, for all clinicians. The, the key bottom line, I think, from our study is to say that when you have certain populations, and the RUDAS seems to perform better in those with diverse cultural and linguistic backgrounds, for example, immigrants, when you have certain populations, you can consider using a tool other than the MMSC or MOCA. And the RUDAS is one that's been well used in many countries in the world, but hasn't really caught on very much in Canada, mainly, I think, due to lack of exposure. I would encourage clinicians to 
try it out, be confident that it works just as well as the MSC, perhaps even better, and decide for themselves whether they like the way it goes or they don't, and whether they trust the results more than they would perhaps on other screening tools uh, or not. And everyone will have a slightly different preference, and that's okay. It's just meant to open up our uh, options when we're assessing people with cognitive impairment. That's really helpful. I have to tell you that we tried the scale in-house, and I'm going to have to work on the Praxis one before I actually administer it. <laughs> That's wonderful. So I'll, I'll say one thing. Whenever I, I introduce this, often, this tool often to trainees uh, who are rotating through our geriatrics rotations, and I usually have them go through it, and almost everybody has difficulty with the Praxis, and almost everybody has difficulty with the two, two instructions to get across the street uh, so everybody has difficulty, but I think that's an important point. You don't need perfect to be normal. So you need, that, that's another important point. So I don't think uh, you need to get too worried just yet. Oh, that is a relief because both I <laughs> and our fellow have serious problems with praxis. So is there anything that you wanted to add? I guess the one other point is it's a quick screening tool. So one thing that often limits our use practically is tools can take a long time. And this uh, is quite quite brief, comparable to the MMSC, maybe even slightly shorter in terms of actual time it takes. So it's a quick, practical, and the other point, freely available. So you just Google it and you find it, and there's no copyright or other issues as there are in certain other tools like the MMSC. We've been speaking with Dr. Raza Nakvi, Assistant Professor of Geriatrics at Western University. To read his article, visit cmaj.ca.